everyone to the Customer Experience Management Podcast. We are starting today, session four. I'm here with Andres Gustafsson, uh, and we just want to have sort of like a, a light uh, start, you know, where we uh, tell you what we've been up to and what to expect for this season. So hello, Anders. Very hello. nice to, to talk to you about experiences once again and yeah. to 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 hear you have been you know you have been doing some amazing things in the past months uh that i'm sure that at some point they will become papers some of them will become talks some will of them will become classes because you have this very multifaceted you know expression of uh, your research and and doings so but maybe you can tell us what have you been up to a little bit Yes, what have I been up to? Uh, tricky question, because uh, it's so much. Um, uh, I've been working like crazy on, on, on various papers. Uh, so we have a paper out on uh, how to perform a demonstration in stores and, and also online. Uh, I've also done uh, a lot of work on, on, on the experience of, of having uh, these workup bracelets uh, like Apple Watch. Uh, like wearables. Wearables, yes. And, and see uh, uh, what makes you wear them more. <laughs> right. <laughs> Use them more, um, which also has been fascinating. We have, we have looked at, at how to not to anthropomorphize them uh, because if you anthropomorphize, uh, it becomes like your working partner, which sounds fantastic in theory. It, it makes the product more sellable, so you sell more if, if you anthropomorphize, but um, uh, you use it less, mm. which is sort of an interesting phenomena. That is intriguing, yeah. It is. It is it's because you have a workout partner that is not really contributing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just... <laughs> uh We've also uh, published papers on, on, on wait time in stores, how long you should, uh, if you should keep your customer waiting longer, or if you should uh, have them wait less, which sounds a bit trivial in, in some sense, but, but it's more about how you manage expectations. Uh, so it's better to uh, under promise and over deliver. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. So. It, if, if you uh, serve someone faster than you actually told them to, or they expected to be served. Uh, so it's, it's about expectations as, as, as well, of course. And uh, they can use their time uh, more efficiently, but if you only uh, sort of make them wait a bit longer, which they tend to expect, because you tend to uh, overpromise what you do. And uh, mm -hmm. so people take that into account. Uh, it doesn't hurt you uh, that much. So the gain of serving people faster is actually much higher than, than letting them wait a, a bit more. And then, of course, you have a big bump after a while when they have, you know, waited more than they expected. For long, yeah, exactly. So that, that's bad. Uh, also done stuff uh, where we are looking at I mean, sort of processes uh having people wearing uh, eye trackers and and uh, uh, galvanic skin response or, or edas which is a device that pretty much measures excitement uh, or arousal uh, 
it's more correct and, and see um, sort of what what triggers people's people's people in in stores and and uh, the best you can do is is having a small type of excitements or, or arousals throughout the store because then they spend more and, and sport, spend more time and, and come back more frequently. Uh, so yes, uh, I've been uh, sort of very research active, uh, let's say. Uh, but how about you? What have, what have you been up to? So yeah, for, first of all, as always, very impressive, you know, and and I and I and you're I know that you're only telling like the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> because I know you have many papers under review and also many interesting projects uh, in the making. But yeah, I've been I've been well um, as 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 some of our listeners might might know. I was uh, in sabbatical, so I I finished my sabbatical. It was quite an experience. Uh, Fourteen countries, uh, multiple the. Uh, you know, business schools and university visits, lots of new interesting research as well, mostly on 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 the multi-sensory aspects of experiences, you know, how our senses kind of like contribute to the formation of experiences um, and also how, uh, you know, new digital technologies are basically entering into this equation to to change the way in which experiences are delivered, managed, you know, and 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 the way in which we actually have them. So it's been also quite active. Um, now I'm back in Norway, very excited to 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 start new collaborations and to continue some of the, the, the ideas that you and I have been having, you know, that that's something that we will also talk about uh, later in the podcast, uh, as we have some quite interesting projects together on the ethics of customer experience management, you know, and well, I'm not gonna no, no, not gonna uh, give a sneaky preview of all of them, but we will come back with some interesting insights from research. And the last time that Anders and I met, you know, we we started this this discussion of uh, what our experiences, and it's a discussion that we have had probably like several times now. And I think no wonder why, because you know, uh, this is a discussion that probably is is endless in some ways that people have been having for hundreds of years. Uh, but of course, with the new research, with everything that is happening, there are always new insights. And and it, it caught my attention that, that Anders have been having some quite interesting reflections uh, that potentially will become a paper in the future. Um, and these reflections are about, again, what are experiences? And, and, and not only from a field-specific viewpoint, but also trying to bring insights you know, from different fields. So I, I would like to ask you, Anders, what are experiences? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I don't mean to put you in the spot, you know, I know this is a complex question, but I know you have some very interesting reflections about it. It is very complex uh, for, for, for sure. And, and uh, uh, this was actually triggered when we started to, to run the course because, uh, you know, we, we have been challenged by a lot of students and, and, and comments, uh, you know, what is really an experience and how can you measure and capture it and and uh, this has been something that's been bothering me uh, for for a while because uh, research is not that consistent really uh, if 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 you look at uh, one perspective uh, let's say it's a pine gilmer perspective it's it's more like the overall uh, evaluation uh, of all uh, your transactions with a firm uh, that sort of forms some type of 
opinion on on the experience you have with that firm and then then uh, of course they can go down to memorable moments uh, which they sort of heavily heavily market that you should have uh, uh, and uh, so that's one perspective and 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 uh, then you look at what what uh, Lemon and Verhoff is saying uh, in terms of of sort of trying to capture that from a firm's perspective uh, uh, you 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 don't it's it's not different compared to uh, what you do in customer satisfaction research uh, you get the same results pretty much and and even if you have different dimensions and and if you look at uh, the few um, uh, not meta, but but literature reviews uh, out there on how to measure cus uh, customer experience. Uh, the I the independent variables, uh, what firms do, and 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 the outcome, the dependent variables. Uh, they they actually are mixed up sometimes. So sometimes uh, an independent variable becomes a dependent variable, and and and. Uh, uh, it's very inconsistent in terms of what dimensions a, a, a dimension a customer experience actually is. Um, mm. uh, so I would say that sort of uh, the, the research on that is is not conclusive. Uh, it's still evolving, uh, sort of how to measure customer experience from what we say is a cumulative perspective, which is sort of one what, where you aggregate all the experiences. Uh, so that that's one way uh, I'll get back to a solution later on, of course. Uh, uh, and the other existing theory is that that uh, it's it's that's sort of from Becker Becker Yakola, uh, where, where um, they're talking about that that um, an interaction is every interaction, uh, sort of an experience is every interaction you have with a stimuli that is designed by a company. And and uh, the reaction you get from from a customer then uh, is is divided into sensory, uh, emotional, cognitive, social, and and behavioral. So you have five dimension uh, that is influenced by your interaction with a stimuli that is designed by by a by a company. Uh, and and uh, so that means that you have a transactional view of, of, of what happens which is also existing in in, in research how to measure uh, of course mm -hmm. so you have the cumulative versus transactional I'll, I'll 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 get back to sort of what that that actually means in in a, in a while uh, um so um then you can sort of start with okay that's easy right <laughs> you have a sensory experience and then you have a cognitive cognitive experience and then uh, have an emotional experience but the problem is how how do you measure that? Hmm. Um, and and uh, then we get to get into sort of the way we have done it in the past. Uh, it's usually outcome based, which means that that first you have an interaction, and then you go back and ask a person. Uh, sort of, you know, you can measure these five dimensions. You can measure hmm. sort of. Uh, uh, your emotions and and there are really good scales doing that so it's it's not it's not a, a problem but it's sort of the issue is that that it's outcome based hmm. so it's not in process uh so what you really want to do is capture these five dimensions in the actual uh, interaction 
that is interesting. So in a way, it's like it's not so so the way it has been measured is like you know I interact with the stimuli, I feel something, and then I say I felt that. But whatever happened throughout the interaction process-wise that led to that outcome is what you're talking now about. Yeah, because because you you measure after you after you've been to a store. Yeah. You 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 uh, sort of get a questionnaire and then you fill it out. But, but but then you have to sort of understand or realize that that uh, uh, what 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 that builds on uh, is that that uh, it's it's your memory. And, That's and, what I was going to say because you are in the end evaluating the experience that you remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so then you have to sort of get into which is sort of this is where I'm starting to get a bit nerdy uh, uh -huh. because this is what I'm trying to sort of tease out uh, so uh, what what happens is you have a short-term memory uh, so you, you you can you can remember a couple of you know figures or you can remember uh, sort of just what happens happened here and now uh, you, so you have a short-term memory but in order for you to actually call back that memory it needs to be stored in your long-term memory hmm. so you, you sort of take your your short-term memory and get get it stored into your uh, long-term memory which requires an effort cognitive effort for you to remember that hmm. and, and, and the thing you tend to remember is the significant events so you, you don't remember the process itself you remember separate sequences in that process hmm. uh, which is how our memory works uh, we recall different sequences in our life. We don't recall the whole process of, you know, you don't recall the whole process of you going to, to, to your to, to, to your workplace today. Uh, you, you, you remember some specific incidents, not the whole journey. Uh, it would also be very costly for the brain probably to remember like constantly everything, right? So it is, we, our brains are not built for that. Exactly. For, for sure. I mean, we are exposed to, depending on, on source, we're exposed to between three to 5,000 uh, advertisers per day. Uh, Imagine that you would recall all of them, right? It's like our brain doesn't have, it's what you said, is not built for that. No, and, and, and our brain brains are, are lazy. Uh, mm. they, 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 uh, we, they, they, we are not built for that. I mean, just if you look at the food choices, it's more than 200 food choices per day you make. Mm. Of course, you don't remember them all because you you cannot. Mm. Uh, so that, that's the sort of the first first part that that uh, our our memory is distorted or not perfect. So it, unless you capture something in the process where it's actually happening, uh, you you get a a censored version or, or or a version that that is sort of not the whole truth uh, of of what actually happened because it builds on your memory. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say also, you know, one of the things that I, that I would think of is uh, kind of like this historical division between conscious and unconscious processes, because sometimes you might be conscious of something that actually was the cause of, but in some cases you might not necessarily be aware of the cause of, exactly. yet you would report something that, you know, you think was the significant event or something. Yeah, and, and your brain, as you point out, works in the background. Even if you don't make the, the even if it doesn't reach your cognition, your your brain still makes decisions. Got it. Uh, it's sort of uh, you you have an unconscious process that is ongoing, uh, mm. 
but but that's sort of that's when it gets into another interesting aspect. Uh, uh, if you if you look at research, uh, we usually talk about top-down processes and and, and bottom-up processes, uh, and the bottom-up processes tend to be uh, triggered by what happens in our surrounding. So so if a lion comes chasing you, that's a typical bottom-up process. Uh, mm. You see the lion and you start running because you know that's not a good thing. Uh, uh, so. Uh, if you have this interaction and, and, and you want to measure uh, you want to measure senses you want to mes measure emotions you want to measure uh, cognition uh, and, and social and, and, and behavioral uh, how do you do that in a process uh, mm. and, and here's where the, the processes uh, sort of become interesting because the you don't measure your sensory experience in the process by questionnaire um, because it's a bottom-up process. You don't know exactly what triggers a reaction. Hmm. So you, you need to experiment and, and, and expose people uh, to colors, to lighting, to... To variations of, you know, so to know what exactly is that that is driving the bottom-up process. Hmm. And, and uh, it's not a, a these five dimensions go in unison. So it's so it's it's not just one channel that that gets an input. Uh, you know the five dimensions. Uh, it has to play or have have an interaction with something else. Hmm. What tends to happen is that that this bottom up process, the coldness of of the air or 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 lighting or whatever, uh, it get, goes into uh, an emotional reaction uh, which tends to be that that either you like it or you don't like it uh, so it's it's a sort of uh, you're, you're triggering uh, some some reaction if it's ple pleasant or unpleasant which in turn triggers a, a behavior uh, so they they sort of you have interactions that interplay all these five dimensions uh, which uh, makes it sound more like a like a like an architecture Yes. rather than these independent things right exactly, exactly. Mm. And, and the top top down processes are, are more thought out deliberate uh, it, it's something that that uh, uh, you can think about uh, and, and that creates an emotion which creates a behavior mm. so it's 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 sort of they're, they're all interplaying uh, 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 as as you say and uh, and you have to go through an emotion that will trigger a, a behavior so it's it's not the cognition itself that triggers something uh, it's how i feel about it yeah so so the sort of that that's what i've been up to trying to sort of tease these things out and and uh, if i if i look in in literature there is actually very little on on this uh, they they seem to be on customer experience, they seem to be occupied by by trying to figure out dimensions uh, and how they work in a cumulative way. Not so much um, this process approach. I think that is that is uh, fascinating, you know. And one of the things that I, that I that I really like is that you you really are also creating a bridge between, uh, let's say marketing or business-based customer experience research and more like psychology-based 
research on what constitutes our experiences. Some of the things that you were mentioning reminded me of, of, I think I mentioned this to you at some point, like this predictive coding theory of perception that says that, you know, uh, uh, basically that the way in which our brain perceives the world around us is based on the incoming sensory input, bottom-up processes, as well as our previous experiences with those inputs that basically become a sort of way to attribute value or a sort of like color, you know, to those sensory stimuli. Uh, and I think that 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 intersection not only refines, I mean, it, it basically yeah refines, you know, the way in which we can understand and measure customer experiences more precisely. Yeah, and, and the other thing that that I haven't brought up is the what's called the social dimension which is sort of interpreted in very it, it's it's it varies how it's interpreted mm -hmm. uh, but but if, if you look at sort of uh, Merdo Bittner and her service gate uh, research uh, uh, it's more how you relate to to other people around you uh, so it's not about social media or, or, or I mean it could be if, if it's if, if you're using social media uh, when when you're doing the interaction with with the with the firm, uh, yes maybe, uh, but it's not how you convey things through social media, which is sort of some people interpreted that. But it's more how you relate to other people around you. This is I'm 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 very very uh, you know intrigued and interested in in what you're saying because one of the things that I, that I get the feeling of you know when I when I read the customer experience literature is that. Uh, I mean, of course, you need to operationalize these dimensions if you're going to measure them, no doubt about it. But sometimes the way we operationalize them don't really capture the the, the, the actual dimension, you know, in all its complexity. So what you're saying is like, this is a relational, relational variable, right? So it means it means relations that you have in a given moment with a specific network in which you are embedded, which similarly happens with, with the senses. You know, when I see some of the scales of measuring uh, you know, like the sensory dimension, typically it's a scale of sensory engagement that this, this scale says, yes, my vision was highly engaged. Yeah. But, you know, that's not necessarily a whole story of the senses, in particular, if we look at it from a bottom-up uh, perspective, right, where you can have a, you have a massively rich sensory world and engagement is just one element, you know, of the whole thing that that sensory thing is going to trigger in you. Yes. Uh, I, I agree, and uh, but the other thing is sort of you know the the the, the billion dollar question is sort of is is the social is is the bottom up or 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 a top down process, and and, and I think it's mostly mm. a top up process. But it, that but is it, interesting. But it's it's not 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 a really a pure bottom up process because uh, you have relationships with these from from the past, maybe. <laughs> no, but it, it makes sense also. I mean, the way that I would, I mean, of course, this is just what comes to mind. But uh, what I, the way that I would say it is that probably you, you grow up in a social environment that assigns value to different groups of people in a specific ways. And that could potentially become like a top-down element. Yet, social stimuli is one of the ones that trigger most our brains. So there is a massive bottom-up component as well, right? So, yeah. so it's it's... That's also important to keep in mind that the bottom up and top down are not separate streams. They they interplay as well. So some some in some cases the bottom up process is stronger, and in some cases the top down process is stronger. Uh, and the, and the bottom up process tends to be stronger uh, when it's a new situation you're you're facing. Mm 
and, and I love the, the the example that you gave. You know, it's like you're perhaps in, in in walking in a jungle, and then you see a lion. Of course, that bottom up, you know, that's gonna trigger your like alert reaction uh, uh, bottom up. But then after a while, you know, your brain might say, okay, wait a minute, I'm maybe with a guide, you know, maybe I'm in a tour, you know, I'm protected in this car or stuff like that. So so they start interacting between so that you assign meaning to that specific situation. Yeah. Uh, totally. And, and, and then, uh, you know, if we go back to research, we, we, which we tend to do, uh, yes, other people, uh, I mean, we, we do build on other people's research. Uh, I mean, it's even if we say it's 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 new we still build on, on on people's research so this notion about cumulative versus transactional uh, perspectives they have existed uh, previously people tend to forget about these things uh, th that's how i view it at least uh, but they have existed uh, so remember the cumulative was all the interactions you have ever had including mm -hmm. advertising including word of mouth everything that all the the experiences you have ever had versus a transactional transactional uh which is sort of your latest visit uh to to something and 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 of course they they are not again totally different uh, entities uh if if you look at, at the way i view it at least is that if, if you add up enough transactions uh, you become cumulative uh so it's it's more sort of what what do they actually predict and and, and uh, uh in research uh, we we have seen that the cumulative perspective uh, tend to to predict more of the uh customer loyalty uh, how much you you sort of how much you want to be in a relationship with with a firm uh so it's it, i i tend to see it as sort of building on things that has gone right you know, strengthening things that have been good in your relationship. Uh, that's what the cumulative measures tend to be. Uh, while the transactional uh, uh, are, are uh, you know, it's it's more one-off. One <laughs> uh -huh. So the latest uh, visit, which tends to be more predictive in terms of the things gone wrong. Uh, so fixing, that is interesting. Fixing things that, that, that is not working in my, my relationship tends to be what 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 uh, the transactional measures are, are doing uh, so uh, that's sort of from research and and, and uh, of course again uh, it's not black and white uh, mm. so of course the transactional measures do have some predictive abilities as well but it's not as good as the cumulative ones that is that 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 is super interesting uh, because they and in, in a way what you're saying also is like they capture potentially different elements you know of 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 the experience which I think makes absolute sense but I also want to say something that resonated quite a lot and is like people tend to forget that research has already talked about this and yes. I think this is something that happens quite a lot <laughs> in many contexts uh, in particular when we look when we look about cross field as well you know when we're talking about different fields is like sometimes. You know, uh, in other in other fields like human computer interaction or psychology, people have talked about experiences, and there is a big tradition in them, but we tend to forget. So, yes. one of my best friends, Michael Johnson, he 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 tends to remind me that that it's called research for a, for for a reason. Ah, research. That is nice. 
<laughs> and it's true you know i think it's like if, if you look at the, the history of ideas in one way or another it's like there are some 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 ideas or some big questions that we really never answer but we always keep answering in different ways yeah and it's this one for example of what is an experience i mean you can go to indian philosophy perhaps 1000 years before christ and see that, that there are some people in a very different way but you know contemplating this question but now we're here you know contemplating it with all the technological advancements with all the changes you know in all these new contexts um, and possibly we will not be able to answer it like like 100 but then we'll provide the basis for later people to research it <laughs> yeah, right. it's also a focus area that's that's how you should view it it's 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 uh, not uh unrelated to everything else we're doing it's it's, it's a focal area of of, of, of uh, something so now we're trying to figure out what what an experience is and and, and what a good experience is and, and how to create magical moment but but i mean uh, deep down uh, we're humans uh, you cannot avoid to have an experience uh, if 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 you, if you don't have an experience you're dead 100% so, <laughs> So it's sort of, uh, and, and, and it's it's heavily interrelated uh, in terms of how the memory works. Which I really like that you're mentioning that, you know, because it's like experiences. Yes, of course, we're talking here customer experiences. So they have a very specific object, you know, which is, you know, you being a customer experiencing something from an entity that is offering some sort of, uh, or giving some sort of offering. Uh, but we also have our experience of, you know, being alive, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and that that really brings to what, what what I'm trying to do, or we're trying to do in this paper. I'm I'm doing it with David Bowen and Delphine Carell. Uh, we're also looking at what what have other fields such as uh, employee uh, experience. What have has been done there, and, and the answer is nothing. Because mm. I mean, employees have experiences as well, and and, and I mean, percent, and. Uh, they're in uh, they're an important part on in terms of creating customer experiences and and, and uh, we haven't really looked into that and, and we build the experience rooms or the service caves they're built up the, the the customer to to the largest degree at least uh, but that is quite interesting you know because you're actually broadening up this uh, you know like the the experience landscape you know it's like yes we're talking about customer experiences but there are multiple other uh, stakeholders, let's say, or experiences, you know, going around the customer experience that might interact with each other as well. Yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, that's sort of what also research is saying. Exactly. It's, uh, and then, then we're also looking at that's a bigger issue. We don't know if we're going to keep that in, in, in the paper, but, but uh, sort of what, what the human experience consists of sort of multiple interactions with firms uh, so it, it becomes like a system of, of, of uh, interrelated uh, relationships you have with different firms uh, with, with, with uh, different friends using social media uh, so we're also looking at sort of what has been done uh, in terms of human experience and how to connect it to customer experience there's nothing there really but but uh, anyway uh, that is Fascinating. Uh, and, and I have to say, you know, it, it re I really like it because it's like when you look, for example, at customer journey literature, then you, you see it's like typically you just map the, the journey with a given firm, you know, 
But then you have multiple of those in parallel with other firms. You have multiple of those in parallel with other, not necessarily firms, but it could be, you know, the, your family, you know, like not necessarily customer experiences, but experience journeys yeah. that might be, you know, overlapping, interconnected, that creates sort of this web of interactions, I guess. So we're just tapping into the literature and see if we, we can find anything useful there. It's, uh, yeah, it, there's not much there. Well, this is super interesting, and, and thank you for sharing that, Anders. Uh, I think this is actually a very, very, very good uh, start for the, the the new season of the Customer Experience Management Podcast, uh, just to to so that you get a hint of what is coming uh, in the next episodes that we're going to be recording. We're going to keep tapping on the question, what is an experience from different perspectives, from different contexts, and uh, we will bring you some interesting people we will not uh, tell you in advance who but uh, soon enough you will uh, learn who are new guests uh, lots of ethics lots of discussions on what experiences are how to measure them and also diving into specific contexts as we have done in the past trying to see how this expresses in specific you know business contexts that might give you an idea of how to use it um so I think, yeah, I think this is a good uh, start, Anders. Uh, I'm not sure if you have, uh, if you would like to say anything else before we we uh, close our uh, introduction episode. No, I don't think so. I, I think I've, I've talked enough this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners are going to love uh, that. And, and me, well, at least me, I'm already looking forward to the paper, uh, as, as I've been telling you, and, and also to, to bring some of those insights that you're deriving to our other projects, which I think is going to be quite exciting. So great. So everyone, uh, once again, welcome to the fourth season. Uh, you will hear from us, uh, and we hope that you will enjoy it as, as uh, some of you have told us how enjoyed the past seasons. Yeah, thank you so much. Looking forward to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs>